When humans say that we will destroy the Earth one day, it really is a misnomer. You see, the Earth will always be here, spinning, following its circuit around the Sun until the Sun destroys the Earth. The difference is humans will not be there to witness it because the air may one day become unlivable. Don't believe me? Think I'm over-exaggerating things? Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. On December 4th of 1952, heavy smog started to hover over London, England. The horrors it unleashed should have been a harbinger of what was already a runaway train that had no intention of slowing down. It happened on this day in weather history. Smog advisories. Poor air quality warnings. We see this all over the world. It is a very regular occurrence in densely populated countries like China and India, where three billion of the Earth's roughly seven and a half billion people live and all struggle for the modern conveniences the Western world enjoys. The Western world jumped into the global lead when, at the turn of the 20th century, they experienced the Industrial Revolution. Fossil fuels were gobbled up at such a ravenous pace and with so many that have established their lives in the fossil fuel industry, when it eventually was shut down in an effort to preserve the air we breathe, there was such an outcry from those who made money off of it that follow-up administrations foolhardily fired the mines and plants back up in order to secure favor and profits for those who voted for them. But this trend has been pushing the limits of human existence for decades. On December 4th of 1952, this day in weather history, a smog covering over the first industrialized nation on Earth began to choke out its population to death. It lasted five days and resulted in the deaths of a staggering 4,000 people. It was a Thursday afternoon when a high-pressure air mass stalled out over the Thames River Valley. When cold air arrived suddenly from the west, the air over London became trapped in place. The issue is made all the more problematic by the far less dense, colder temperatures. You see, this allows surface air to settle, and because it was colder out now, it led to residents burning extra coal in their furnaces for heat because it was the only resource available at that time in history. Now, you have to consider the smoke, soot, and sulfur dioxide from the area's industries plus that which is being spewed by very non-fuel-efficient cars burning high-test gas at the time, I might add. We didn't have the unleaded stuff back then. Plus, the chimney stacks pumping carbon into the air mass that was not moving and just sitting over the city. This all equaled an extraordinarily heavy, toxic, deadly smog to smother the city. By the next morning, December 5th, there was a visible blanket of gray, blue, green, black that could be seen over hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. And by the 7th, the great smog of 1952 became so thick and dense that it all but totally blocked out the sunlight and overall visibility was reduced to five meters in many places. With visibility as poor as that, and just like in a winter storm and whiteout, all transportation in the region was halted. Sadly, before the caution flags could come out, the smog caused several rail accidents, including a collision between two trains near London Bridge. But of course, the worst effect of the smog will always be felt by those dwelling on Earth, and that was seen in the respiratory distress it caused in humans and animals, including difficulty breathing and the vomiting of phlegm. There is a report that humans numbering into the thousands died in their sleep that weekend. It cannot get 
any more horrific than going to bed and fully expecting to get up in the morning only to die in the way someone would by being trapped in a running car in a garage. During the time that elapsed between December 4th, this day in weather history, and the 8th, London saw such a marked increase in deaths in the metropolitan area that most conservative estimates put the toll at close to 4,000 or more. Yet, some following the victims and their condition in the time that followed the disaster estimate that the smog could have been both directly and indirectly responsible for the killing of as many as 12,000 people. It is truly difficult to calculate exactly how many deaths and injuries were caused by the smog. As with heat waves, experts compare death tolls during the smog to the number of people who have died during the same period in previous years. As a matter of fact, we're seeing a very similar extrapolation of data for survey purposes today with the handling and reporting of the COVID-19 pandemic. On December 4th, 1952, an anticyclone settled over the windless London. The lack of air movement, or any wind really at all, prevented any sort of release flow and therefore allowed an unprecedented accumulation of pollutants that just sank, sat, and suffocated Londoners while they slept. This sad, tragic day in weather history. What's up for tomorrow? December 5th of 2016, yes. Imagine a thousand millimeters of rain. That's a full metric meter of rain. That's close to 40 inches or three and a half feet of rain. I'll tell you all about what, when, and how that happened. Oh, and don't forget, tomorrow's episode also comes accompanied by a podcast video short that you can watch either on TV in Canada on the Weather Network or online anytime, anywhere around the world at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. Check that out tomorrow and then listen right here for the full story on the Thailand flooding on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.